Welcome, 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 podcast listeners. It is episode number 252 of the Fret Talk podcast. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You are joined this week by Lee. Say hi, Lee. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? 50% of people have just switched off at my name, I think. <laughs> that's how that's how strong my self-esteem is today. <laughs> wow. Let's uh let's hit the ground running and get some uh get some enthusiasm going. And it's it's hard midweek and it's yeah. just yeah. tired. Oh That's man, it. what have you been up to? I oh I have released a video on Pedal Boards of Doom this week. Yes, I know all about this video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which 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 bit was your favourite by by chance? Yeah. I liked the bit where you did the slap back. <laughs> oh. did, did I? Uh, yeah, so the the video that I released this week was on the Bucket Brigade by TC, which was, it's, it's a pedal that I've had for a little while. And just down to like what we've been receiving in here at like Pedal Boards of Doom, um, I've had to work through a backlog of pedals before I could get to it. So it's been really exciting getting my hands on this one and kind of putting it through its paces. Um I did I decided that I was going to take a little bit of a different tact with the uh with the video because there's quite a few of the the bigger pedal demo guys who have done like the standard stuff and run through all of the <laughs> all of the tones of it. Uh like the standard tones. And I thought, well, if we release a video doing the same thing, we're going to kind of get lost a little bit there. So I I, uh, I, I spent some time with it and, and saw if I could unlock some some secret tones. And you did. I did. I did. I actually, I took the Apparently. took the back off it as well, so. Yeah, and you, it's a bit like um, taking the back off of a speaker cab then, isn't it? You kind of get like a roomier sort of sound. Yeah, yeah, the delays popped out. Yeah, it was almost <laughs> like a stereo effect. Not quite how that one works. It's not like a little cave inside a pedal. Yeah, it's a secret reverb mode. <laughs> yeah, that would be really cool, actually. Um, but yeah, it's, it had the the little trim pot in the back, so I, I hadn't seen that being adjusted in any of the other demos, so I, I gave that a go. Um, but I've got, got a hot take about the, these pedals. Uh, you can save that for later. Because oh, have you not got a, a hot take? Well, we have now. We have hey, now. <laughs> we have now. Um, yeah. So I did the uh, the TC Bucket Brigade um, pedal boards of doom demo. I've already done the uh, no talk or tone on it, but this week on the no uh, the uh, budget pedal chap channel, you get a no talk or tone versus with the the bucket brigade versus the uh flashback delay so i've i've really gone gone all out with this um with this bucket brigade i thought it would be really cool to see which was better the actual full analog circuit or a tone print of the bucket brigade so uh, like of a bucket brigade delay circuit i really hope it is the original the, the 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 quality Bucket Brigade pedal. I really do. I mean, I'm not giving it any quality. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I know it's a cheap pedal, but I think it's a really good pedal. Oh yeah, like it's it's a absolute bang up quality pedal. I've I've really been blown away by it. Uh, I've also been blown away by just how compact it is as well. Um, like if you compare it side by side to the the flashback, which isn't by any means a big pedal. It looks looks absolutely diddy, mm-hmm. but so I've I've compared these two, um, like the the algorithm within the uh, the flashback versus the real authentic bucket brigade delay. So that will hopefully, fingers crossed. TC um, versus TC. Yeah, I mean, t- either way, it's TC quite wins. Ford versus it? Ferrari, is it? But it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the uh, like I thought the 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 flashback is has been a little bit of like a, a staple for pedal boards for 
for the past kind of decade, maybe decade and a half. Yeah, where... especially with like the Mark IIs with the mesh control and stuff. Yeah. So my one's an original one without the mesh control. But the algorithms, I believe, are the same. And the like the quality of the um, the digital circuit hasn't changed much. It's a bit like the uh, the old uh, Line 6 DL4s, isn't it? They were just yeah. good quality from the start that they didn't really need need an upgrade. Good quality tones, not yeah, great good... quality pedals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the uh, the foot switches were left a little bit to be desired on those Line Sixes. The TC yeah, ones I've always left had down the street if you weren't careful. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, the the, um, the flashback and the Hoff used to find all over the place on on pedal boards. Uh, the kind of they've been phased out a little bit more, maybe within the last five years. We've yeah, there's been a lot of really big reverbs um, pop up in the last like four years or so. Yeah, I mean, you you tend to see stuff like, uh, like if if someone doesn't have the the whole Strifecta thing going on, you'll tend to find like a a DD two hundred or a DD five hundred or something along those lines, which is like a multi, um, multi ambience pedal. Yeah, taking you up. Don't, um, you don't see the Strifecta going on as much anymore. Like it used to be, every pedal board had like the three strumming pedals on. It's like you just don't see that very much anymore. Yeah, there's a little bit more, um, a little bit more variance in in pedal boards these days. It's getting a little, a bit more exciting because it was the, there was a point in time, back in the kind of the heyday of the guitar nerds where they were just kind of peeking through uh, into the into the mainstream, where the the Strifecta was was the the thing, and you'd see like a. Um, soul food or a clon type on the board as well mm, yeah and it'd just be like switching unit strifecta a few of these kind of generic choice um drive pedals and that'd be it but now you've seen loads and loads of variants yeah i i've got a nicer uh, little segue from the soul food if you like go on what are we saying i've been uh Working quite hard over at Tomepedia, releasing a lot of clones. Um, okay. Today I released um, a an original Silver Centaur and uh, an early KTR as well. Nice. And also the um, oh, what's it called, the Zeus, which is in the same line as the Bucket Brigade. So the two yes. Zeus. Uh, so they've gone on there with a bunch of other clons we've got some other ones we've even we're even working on the wish clon we got one of them in <laughs> oh the one that josh was talking about because he yeah. like he bought one hadn't he and the, like the footage which knackered and it was cheaper for him to just buy another one That's than it, it was yeah. for him to get it fixed so we've got one there we've got uh tumless on there um we've got the i think it's is it the bad horsey the one that Tomepedia sent you yeah the nooks yeah yeah yeah, the horseman that one, is the was horseman. that one. That's it. Yeah, bad horse is the Steve Steve Vai. Steve Vai, why? <laughs> so not quite the same thing. So yeah, the TC Zeus yeah. was it the the germanium one or was it the silicon one? Because they they did a know. short run. <laughs> I do not know. I know. Yeah, I know they did a run with the original. Diodes. Yeah, with the original diodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I think um, they switched to. Um, like a, a more readily available silicon diode. But I, I'm yeah, not entirely um, sure. Because it only came through uh, in the last few months. I'm guessing it's probably the silicon one. Mm. That's good, though. does sound good. I mean, you've you've mentioned clon, uh, clon clones and, and clons. I forgot, though. <laughs> I had a, um, a little payload of pedals come through this week, and one of them was a clon. Let's see if I can... I probably can't reach it from where I'm, where I'm at. Um, but the the fabled musky silver horse, because ah, I heard really good things about that, and one of our um, one of our old Patreon backers was getting rid of a few um, a few pedals, everything Joseph, um, and he was he he was selling off these kind of mini pedals for a, a pretty decent price. So I said, "Yeah, go on, why not?" 
and and the silver horse he was was one of these so that will be coming out soon as well on on the no talk or tones series um please yeah, yeah me too oh, it's it's one of those along with the um the mosky spring reverb that i've seen on so many boards and so many people have said this is like the the budget option so maybe it will be enough to convert me to the clan Clons are brilliant. Um, I think I'm. I need to add a clon style pedal to my pedal board because I just love them. Um, maybe a clon and a rat or something like that. I'll be happy. Mm. Yeah, I've got I've got a rat in that group of pedals as well. Another another mosquito. I got a rat in the kitchen. What am I gonna do? You gonna kill that rat? That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! So yeah, I mean, lots and lots of clons, lots of clons. So, I reckon because we've we've got a fair bit of of news this week because because it's um, well, we could even say Nam news. Indeed, we haven't done that for a bloody long time. Absolutely, but before we do that, we've got we've got a little bit of housekeeping that we need to do, and I need to hang my head in shame. Damn straight, you do. Right, so the hot take from last week was that strats are the peak of guitar design. And unfortunately, there are two unfortunate things here. The first unfortunate thing is that a little bit like Marty McFly in in Back to the Future, where you you ain't ready for this, but your kids are going to love this shit. I think my my thoughts and opinions of the strats how much like that statement where i mean i think it might have been 1952 but, <laughs> you know. uh, so that that's the first uh, first unfortunate thing second unfortunate thing facebook seems to think that uh so there was 87% that disagreed with the statement and 12% that agree with the statement now if you're any good at maths you will realise that <laughs> eighty-seven and, and twelve does not a full percent make. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did that come from? How did it happen? I, I imagine it's something and then yeah, deleted their option or something. No, I imagine it's it's decimal and they they round down rather than round and then keeping the decimal. So it's probably eighty-seven point five and twelve uh, twelve point five. But yes. as it stands, it's currently not a full full hundred percent. Are you saying it's not decided then? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't agree with it because it doesn't make mathematical sense. See what what happened here, uh, dear listener, was um, I, I pleaded with Mister Chap <laughs> uh, last week to please make sure that the question was fair, and he did not do this. He put either I'm wrong or least stupid answer is correct. <laughs> a paraphrase, but that was more or less what he did. So I was like, right, okay. So I took it to some of my uh, Strandberg groups and shared it in there and just said, okay, support me here. Uh, I wondered why we, we got a comment about a Strandberg. They I thought came through. <laughs> that that was very, like, very, very um, on topic. Yeah. So yeah, I just shared it in uh, very specific places. <laughs> oh, this is this is like, war now. If you're this not is... going to play, if you're not going to play nicely, then neither am I. Well, there we go. Now we know the rules. The rules of the war. It's on, right? So we have got a hot take for this week. Apparently, mm. go on then, Lee. What are we saying? Okay, the new TC Electronics enclosures that the. Bucket Brigade, the Magus, the Zeus, and these pedals come in. Yes. Are the best basic pedal enclosures on the market. Mm, okay. Okay. The form factor is very good. The form okay. factor is because it is, they're very compact. They're very square as well, so that they stack really nice next to each other. And they're stable. They are. Like mini pedals that fall over. Yeah. Yeah, because they're slightly wider than a mini pedal. They they are very stable. 
However, 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> when I was doing the demo for the TC Bucket Brigade to get to the internal trim pot, which we have already on a previous no talk or term, we have completely dismissed and dispelled. Um, yes. <laughs> but regardless of that, pedal manufacturers still insist on doing it. To get to this, you had to undo four screws and remove the nuts for the input and output jack to get the, yeah, the, the entire back But you could say that's more, um, you know, more security of the, of the uh, more rigidity even. Um, what I really, really like about these is that they've managed to keep everything really, really small and make it more pedal board friendly by keeping their order jacks on the top. Yeah, they fit into the palm of your hand, which is cool. The pedals sound fantastic. The analog guts, you know, you couldn't go for like uh, like a stupidly in like clever digital pedal. Like although it has, you do have the Sky Surfer uh, Reverb, which is a digital delay, obviously. In this, setting. <laughs> the the Sky Surfer Reverb is a good digital Sorry. delay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah no, um so it's a reverb obviously and um yeah it's like you couldn't have something like a i don't know a hologram pedal in this sort of size but yeah for things like um boss style pedals mxr style pedals yeah for so so many pedals i want people to start using this enclosure because it's top mounted jacks and the reason people say they can't use top-mounted jacks on mini pedals is because, obviously, they're too small. Well, this answers all those questions. The, these are the perfect pedal size for, for normal, have like, run-of-the-mill pedals. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I can argue against that. Um, the only way that I would uh, I'd change it, because it's basically two U-shaped um, pieces of metal that, that fasten together, isn't it? Like a four P, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Along those lines, um, I think I've got another pedal that does something very similar. The Doctor Green line, which were like okay. Ashdown's uh, pedals. So it's not a, it's not a new design, but they've they've definitely utilised the minimum possible dimensions for it without it being a mini pedal. They've nailed the mini pedal. Yeah, absolutely. They've they've said, hang on a minute, mini pedals are crap. Let's make a good one. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but they, um, the way that they put the input and output jack on the bottom part, if they had the the um, the U facing the other way, so that the input and output jack was on the same face as the knobs then you could undo the undo the screws and take the pedal apart without having to undo the jacks yeah that, perhaps but that's the only thing that i would change about it yeah i, I suppose that that's that only comes into it if you're really messing around with it and yeah. like, like you say there is that trim pot in there i don't know if there are trim pots on the others i don't think there are Oh, I think there might be like switchable buffers. Could be, could be. Um, I know on the on the major which is a rat, you've got a freeway toggle switch on the top, so I don't think there's any trim pots on that. Yeah. Um, but still, yeah. you know, it's not one of those things that you're going to be opening up and closing a lot. Well, you're definitely not if if it requires <laughs> taking taking things apart because the. The speed control on the uh, the modulation for the TC uh, bucket brigade is something that I could see tweaking would be a an interesting thing to do with. It should be on top, shouldn't it? I mean, ideally, I think the the problem there has come in with space, hasn't it? Because it's already got the four four knobs and the little toggle switch. Mm. So yeah. They they should have had some sort of like little access to it from the side or something like you do on the dry bell button on uh, vibe pedals. I mean, even if you just drill a hole in the back where the the speed 
um, shrimp pot is. Yeah, that's a that's a solution. Yeah, absolutely. But coming back to it, aside from the bucket brigade, like the the fact is the enclosure in itself. Oh, it's is, fantastic! Oh, hang on, yeah, it, this is this is the enclosure that pedals should be in because they just save so much room on your pedal board. They don't start messing around with the sides of the knobs like that. Um, what was that pedal we had from? Uh, Sonic Cake, you know the ambience one that had like it was a mini pedal and it had like six knobs or eight knobs on it and they were all like tiny, yeah, tiny, the little tiny trim little trim yeah. pots. Well, yeah, like the the kind of the standard ones that you get on mini pedals because you tend to get one big one and then those little tiny little like plastic pots. Which you don't have to have that on these. They they can all be very decent sized knobs. Yeah, um, yeah, it just. Just perfect, yeah. I, I am um, so, yeah. You're gonna have to try and think of an argument for that, really. Yeah, I'd, I'd find it tough, tough not to. <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't know if it's so much of a hot take. I suppose it is a hot take because everyone's kind of used to like uh, MXR and bigger or mini pedals. Yeah, I mean they've got like they they are standard sizes, aren't they? The fifteen ninety B and then the fifteen ninety A are standard sizes. And they're standard sizes for a reason because companies use that almost as a template. Even if their pedals aren't that exact size, they are within like plus or minus a certain amount of millimeters. They are within that kind of dimension range. Yeah, I think they those sort of enclosures are used for a lot of other things as well, aside from pedals. Never. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, so that one will be going in a poll in the Fret Talk podcast group. And it is your your duty as a as a listener to, to vote on which you think is correct. So it gives you much to think about, really, if we kind yeah. of just told you. Well, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean you you can you can make arguments against, definitely. Yeah. But I mean, just uh, as soon as I pulled it out of the case, we've said it so many times on the podcast now, we still haven't got over that first thing when, like, like you messaged me going, bloody small, isn't it? And I, I was, like, legitimately holding it in my hand at the time, like, it really is. Because <laughs> we both got them at the same time. Yeah. And, and it just, like, yeah, wow, these are s- super small. Yeah, I think because cause I'd gone from... The um the original like Behringer rehousing lineup, which were quite big, yeah, chunkier, and I thought it was going to be a similar size to that. So and then, yeah, it's all, almost kind of half the half the volume, isn't it? Yeah, I I would um quite happily have a little board with these pedals on. Now that's an idea, isn't it? I don't think they've quite got the lineup within there just yet. Give it time. Yeah. Oh yeah, I will be having words because uh, I think there's um, yeah, I want to see what's coming up because I want to uh, I want to make a board of them. Now, if they could do the dimension seeing that kind of mini mini size, I don't see why they couldn't. In so- fact, I don't see why they couldn't put many of the um, tone print pedals in it because if they fit into mini pedals, they're going to fit into that, aren't they? Yeah, but the. The tone print mini ones usually lose features, so yeah. But there's probably more room for them on there. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. We we shall see. Mm. Yeah. Let's let's uh, fingers crossed. Okay. Right. There is a a uh, sizable amount of news. <laughs> there is. There is also is a very low. Sun. Yeah. It's a very low sun. It's just. It's coming down and my blinds are open. So <laughs> it's been so miserable here. It's just been like we had a really nice day on Sunday, but it's been just like downhill from there. I have got a tan though. <laughs> it was like the sun is out on um on Sunday, so I just spent the whole day mowing the grass in the sun with no shirt on. I was like, I am making of the most of this. Why not, eh? Why not? Yeah. So that was we, the summer, apparently. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, a bit like Britain. You get three days. They're not all concurrent, and that's yeah. your summer. So we have got news. We have got Nam news, and this Damn. this bit of news wasn't necessarily Nam. 
but it, it came out this week, so we'll kind of throw it all in together. Thorpey has been working mm. on something for a fair few years now. This has been a pedal that has taken the most um, like development time in the Thorpey lineup, but it's finally, finally been released. This is the Scarlet Tunic. Yeah, so I've known about this for so long. Um, uh, kind of like in rumors and everything, it's been like bouncing around. And it is a um, the signature pedal of someone I, I like to call a friend who is um, Lee Harris, who plays uh, guitar in Source of Fruit, uh, Source of Fruit, Source of Fruit of uh, Secrets. Indeed, um, Source of Fruit of Secrets. Who, for those who are uninitiated, much like myself, fifteen minutes ago, um, <laughs> it, so Source of Fuller Secrets are a tribute act that um, they focus mainly on the very early eras of uh, Pink Floyd. You say they're a tribute act, but it, the, the the drummer is Nick Mason. Yes. Yeah, so it's kind of like a tribute act, apart from the fact it contains one of the founding members of Pink Floyd. Well, so yeah, there we go. Um, tribute plus, and like you know, the other members go and see them, and um, like Roger Waters has got up on stage and sung with them and stuff like that. So it's yeah, it's at, it's at a that big point, deal. it's a it's a reunion, isn't it? Really, more than a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's brilliant, and they they've been playing um, stadiums all around the world. Uh, they're on tour at the moment, um, and Lee was very lucky. He got to he used to he grew up opposite um, the Royal Albert Hall, and he oh, used nice. to look out at it all the time. And uh, recently, he got to play it um, just packed out, and it just looked you know you would have thought it was actually Pink Floyd on the stage. It was absolutely like amazing the big light show and everything it's just absolutely utterly amazing um yeah i wish wish i'd got to it um so yeah i've been asking lee to send me um pictures of his board on the stage he's like i can't because of the start scarlet tunic yeah because it hasn't been released yet i can't i can't send you pictures (laughs) so yeah i remember like vaguely seeing a, a a photo where it had this uh, it had like Thorpey pedal and then it had like Proto on the front. Yeah. And there was speculation like rattling around back then. Uh, so to to talk about the pedal itself, it is based on that early Pink Floyd sound, basically the Selma treble and bass 50, um, mm-hmm. which is part of the, like that along with the AC30 and uh and high watts as well made basically the guitar sound of early Pink Floyd. Yeah, uh, Sid Barrett. Uh, all, all sorts of things, sorts uh, of full of secrets is majority the Sid Barrett era. So before Gilmore came along and, and made modern Pink Floyd. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I used to listen to so much Sid Barrett when I was younger. <laughs> it's crazy. I need to listen to it again, man. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. So as you said, it was developed basically because of uh, because of Lee Harris. Um, the controls on it, we've got uh, like a master volume, we've got gain, treble, bass, presence, then we've got three uh, flick switches as well: deep, bright, and sense sensitivity, sense sensual, sense sensual. Um, which is kind of like the equivalent to the high and low outputs on the um, on the jack. So you have got the two inputs. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you don't like you you, you hear about all of these like Marshall in a box. You like almost every company's got a a Marshall in a box or a Tweed in a box. Yeah, I mean like that kind of Fender preamp style gain. Even down to like the Boss Blues driver, which was supposed to be gain like the gain stage of a Fender amp, wasn't it? 
Yeah, um, and obviously you got the Blues break early, um, Governor and stuff like that, which were Marshalls. Yeah, in boxes. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're even now getting stuff that's aiming towards like the Vox in a box and like the Orange in a box. First Selma in a box that I'm hearing of. A very, uh, very unique and very niche tone. I think, I think I can think of another company that does one, but it's a small company, and I think it might have been based on a kit. Um, but this is the first, like, proper one. Yeah, full production. Yeah, full production model. Um, I had to listen to, um, Andy. Uh, what's his name? Andy from the um, Pro Guitar Shop. Used to be Pro Guitar Shop. Is not Pro Guitar Shop anymore. Andy's demos, I think he's, he goes under now. Yeah, or Reverb. He he does both. Yeah. I heard uh, I heard his demo using it, and it's really good. So, I mean, you, you wouldn't expect wouldn't expect anything else, especially considering it's been in development for, uh, I think, did he say six years? I don't know if it's been that long. I it might say that. I don't know. I... Mm. Either way, it's uh, uh... yeah, it's it's pretty cool, man. It really is. Indeed. Um, I, I know Lee put up a video uh, a couple of um, months ago, and he was just like, "Just tell me, is this a pedal or an amp?" And he was just playing, and that's all he put up, and everyone was just like, going mad about it. <laughs> uh, trick question. It's kind of both. <laughs> so apparently it uses a um a, a transformer internally which is supposed to make it respond more amp like that would make sense wouldn't it, it uh, yeah I'd, I'd say so um hmm. it is not a cheap pedal it is not a cheap it's, one i mean given that it's a signature pedal and it's a 4p I yeah. think it's pretty well priced. Not not yeah, yeah, actually no, I will stick with that. It's pretty well priced for what it is. Yeah. Um yeah. So it's uh, 265 English British pounds. So that's a uh, it's a bit rich for my blood. But I I reckon you if you use that, you run it into a couple of like IR style pedals, you could get a really, really good solid basic like basis for a tone there. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of Pink Floyd fans out there. And um, one or two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know most of them are kind of searching for like Dave Gilmore tone. That's kind of like what they're thinking all the time. But you know, I would say most of them would would want to add this to their board as well because they're like, well, actually, I can get the early uh, Pink Floyd tones as well. I wonder if Gilmore would get one. <laughs> That'd be a turnout for the books, wouldn't it? I mean, it's not like he's um, one to shy away from pedals, is it? <laughs> <laughs> and he's not short of a bob or two. So, <laughs> so maybe. May- I mean, we should start a petition to get Gilmore a Scarlet Tunic. <laughs> Yeah, pretty cool. Indeed. Right, what's next? We have got the Difference Engine, which is yes. by Laney, or the Black Country Customs Pedals. Mm. So we were having a little bit of a chat before the podcast started about um, the Black Country Customs Pedals, and how they've largely kind of flown under the radar. There hasn't really been any any standout pedals. There's been like a treble booster, there's been an overdrive and a few other kind of little things which aren't really set in the world of fire. No, the things that everyone does and this is kind of what we're, I think this is kind of where we're seeing a, a change up in the pedal industry where people are getting a, a bit bored of everyone making like a million fuzzes and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it is essentially market saturation, isn't it? If you have too have much flip. In a couple of years' time, people will be like, oh, yeah, this new fuzz came out and so on and so forth, and it'll be quite exciting again. But at the moment, people are after your non-usual pedals. Your unusual pedals, I suppose, would be the word. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, 
springboarding perfectly from the scarlet tunic doing the whole Selma thing. Uh, this is taking a, a bit of a, a branch out for, for the laney, so it's no no longer like a an analog drive circuit. This is this is a multi delay pedal. So it's it's not in the <laughs> not kind of like the flashback where it's got like a little dial and and a few knobs. This is like fully featured. This one. So do you, do you think like delay is the new fuzz? <laughs> I mean, we're getting a few more, aren't we? We are getting a few more. Like, well, one thing we haven't mentioned is the new Matthews. Uh, effects um, surgeon that's a new delay that's come out that's really incredible actually i mean we could yeah let's uh let's continue on with the laney maybe we can talk about the matthews if you pull up some uh some info uh so the laney uh difference engine is it's a it's got an oled screen on it which is is interesting it's got midi in and out it's got expression it's got stereo in and out as well so it's fully stereo it's got the knobs color, tone, mix, repeat, and then it's got an edit control. It has presets on it. It's got 50 user ones, but it's also got 50 artist ones. And the roster of artists that have made presets for this is quite interesting. So we've got a few of the, the kind of... impressive, isn't it? It is. It's, it's a big selling point for it. So we've got a few of the kind of YouTube session-y guys like... Alex Hutchins, uh, Marcus Miller, and Tom Quayle, and those kind of guys, the impressive, virtuosic um, internet personality guitarists. But then we've got a brummy heavy metal legend on there as well. We've got Mr. Tony Iommi. Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I didn't... I haven't got the uh, the the letter through the post for that one just yet. That what think... you mean is you, they asked you, but you were too busy. Let's see. I've I've just got this uh, this video to shoot for a bucket brigade. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Come come back next month, and I might I might have a bit of time. So <laughs> I wish I'd I'd jump at the chance. But there we go. Call me Laney. Call me Laney. Uh, call me call me Laney. <laughs> Uh, so there we go that's the the difference engine three four nine euros so it's quite a, quite a pricey pricey boy yeah. can you plug your playstation into it um make the most of that oled possibly i don't know <laughs> i mean uh, the the modding community out there have made all manner of things play doom on it haven't they so <laughs> only a matter of time so before true brilliant yeah let me tell you about this surgeon then because this is uh what i was kind of getting at a moment ago though was like i was going to say to you can you name all of the delays that have come out this year it's just incredible there's been so many yeah yeah unbelievable right uh i'll share my screen with you sir so you can see uh this um so this came out from matthew's effects uh recently Okay. And only about, uh, I think it was last week. And you've got um, standard looking enclosure. It's got the two foot switches on it, which are angled away from each other, as you would with many of the Matthews effects. And then you've got dose, which is the amount uh, regen, pulse, mode, M, <laughs> whatever M is, and then divisions. And basically, it's a. A delay and it's got some reverb in it as well but you can control this um via um midi to do loads of different things you can get your computer onto it to unlock loads of different uh delay and reverb sounds you've got a ramp up on it as well so you can make it start like automatically doing um it's like an LFO, basically. So it will have that like low, uh, low frequency oscillator, um, and it will start doing that uh, whilst you're playing. So you can start to add some character, a bit like imagine a delay behaving like a phaser, <laughs> you know that sort of idea, 
whereas the delay kind of will get quicker and slower or whatever you want the ramp to do because it will do anything you can add an expression onto it as well it's a very clever pedal and what i like about it is most of the jacks that you want for just normal running are on the top which is great as we said so many times we love that the MIDI in and MIDI out are the mini TRSs, so like your headphone jacks, which is perfect. They are on the side. You've got a USB-C on it. Like Even these are using the USB-C. Come on, TC. Um, <laughs> you can run MIDI through the USB as well. And then you've got an expression pedal um, input on the side as well. It's very, very impressive. Like Super, super impressive. And he's got his own, like, editor on there like for your computer so you can edit it in real time if you want to that's very good that editor does doesn't it yeah it's 250 quid um and what's cool is once you've set it up on the computer you haven't got any screens on it or anything to do all these fancy bits and pieces you've just got two buttons on it your foot switches which are your tap or your preset switch so you can switch between four presets on it yeah or you've um got or you can set up a tap tempo and the other one's bypass. And then you just adapt, you know, change it on the fly, yeah, as you would any normal pedal. And is this fully uh fully digital then? This is all kind of algorithm based, not not like digital analog hybrid. I believe this is all digital. Because it would be very, very difficult to get all of that those features in with any uh when any analog bits to the circuit, but it seems, yeah, it seems yeah, yeah. really, really kind of highly featured. It is, yeah. It's 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 pretty damn cool. I think we're going to get one in for uh, demoing. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. Very good, very, very good, very cool. All right, what have we got yeah. coming up next? We have got oh, this is a controversial one. So, Ernie Ball. <sighs> Ernie Ball have put a patent in for a new type of pickup. Indeed, it was that one that you just pulled up on um, on that popular. Okay, we move guitar. on then. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. So Ernie Ball have have uh, basically developed a new technology for heat treating pickups, and according to. Uh, according to Ernie Ball, the the process of heat treating them will give them a a more so it will give them like more response and higher output to the pickups. They say that, but the <laughs> the pickups that they are doing this with, so the single coils that they're doing it with, have neodymium magnets, which are quite powerful already, and so. Okay, there's a a big issue with this, and I I had this conversation recently with a friend who um used to own a, a quite a large pickup company in the eighties, and he was about to start it again, and they were famous for making like the most powerful pickups you could get. Yeah, what is happening with everyone's amps at the moment? Yeah. It's, in general. It's, it's digital it's going modeling just getting smaller yeah. so you know even if you're getting valve amps they're getting smaller and smaller and smaller and you used to have to have powerful pickups in order to try and make these big 100 watt heads overdrive yeah yeah there was a reason why like people were switching out gibson pickups for like ceramic humbuckers like humbucker like the super distortion was the was the one, weren't it? Like Ace Freely, yeah. Ripped well, out. It's the um, the one that John made was for um, what's his name, Uli Ruff from the Scorpions. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, he's got that pickup, uh, that guitar where every pickup has its own volume part, and it's like super, super heavy. Hmm. Um, anyway, um, that's because he was running like stadium filling amps. Yeah, and we're not doing that anymore. So if you run something like this into like a forty watt amp or a twenty watt amp or something that everyone's kind of using nowadays, it's just gonna do. It, there's gonna be no dynamics. It's not gonna clean up at all. <laughs> you could turn it all the way down. It's still gonna be like fucking hell. What's going on? 
I, I had exactly that problem when I um I first bought my Les Paul. It had the MGs in it, and I I switched from playing a Strat to this Les Paul with MGs in the middle of a set, and my clean channel suddenly weren't a clean channel anymore. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's incredible. So this pickup is kind of going against the grain of where everyone's going. What we need is more things. Uh, you know, well, I think we're quite good where we are, where we're at. I don't think we <laughs> we need things because the the pickups that weren't high output are now higher output in relativity to the to the amps. Yeah, I mean. Relative, yeah. relative to the amps. <laughs> I, I didn't yeah. look at the specs for kind of the output of these pickups, but your your kind of standard quote unquote hot um single coil sets are only around the the eight or nine K mark. Whereas like neodymium magnets are, are quite pokey. And then the humbuckers that they're doing in this heat treatment are only in ceramic as well. So you're going to be seeing those released in the Ernie Ball guitars that will be shipping out soon. Like the the Cutlass, I think, was one of the, the ones that were mentioned. So you'll be seeing the, the HSS in that. And what do they include? What? On the push-pulls? Coil splits. No. 20 dB boost. <laughs> Yeah, the the, the um, cutlass and these sort of guitars, they on the push pulls, they have a boost on them, don't they? they? Yeah. So um, what you're going to go is from, oh my god, this is so saturated, I can't do anything with it. To oh my god, I've just compressed all my sound and I'm trying to get a lead boost and no one can hear me because everything's just like, <laughs> yeah, it, it <laughs> compresses it even further, so you it almost kind of gets perceived as a volume dip. And don't get me wrong, listener. I love playing big, loud amps. It's just not what we do now because we're not allowed to do it. I've I've got a hundred watt Marshall, and I love playing it. Yeah, and if if you are using modelling as well, there's only so much volume that the front end of a modeler will take before it starts getting horrendous Shit. digital um, clipping. Mm. Yeah, and and that's not the sort of clipping you want to be hearing. Exactly. So. Mm. Yeah, may, maybe this is not not quite the um, the innovation that they were expecting, but it's a it's a new new innovation within within pickups. Is it? It's like, we made things louder. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, it says louder and more responsive. Uh, sorry, like higher output and more responsive. That doesn't go together. <laughs> well, so... it, it it does. If if the louder bits are louder, but the quieter bits are quieter, that's like more more of a response you might say you'd de- describe that as a wider dynamic range then wouldn't you yeah but that's it's easier to say more responsive <laughs> it does say t- touch sensitivity i.e you touch your guitar and uh <laughs> all hell breaks loose yeah and then you you run all of that into a compressor because your note dynamics are all over the place mm. and then you run it into a, an amp that's compressing it as well I don't know. I, I'm yet to hear these, but Ernie Ball tend to make quite good instruments. They tend to make quite good guitars. So, yeah, yeah, they 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 do make nice guitars. That's for sure. Indeed, I think we've got one final bit of news for today. Maybe, may, maybe we could do another. I've got the Epiphone um, loose seals that are. Like new special edition colours. Is there any a, any news that you want to uh, spring forth upon us, Lee? Um, no, I think you got most of it in here. Um, these, um, I, I'm interested in this folding guitar. I'm always interested in folding guitars. Anything that means I can take my guitar <laughs> on holiday is always a bonus. So, open up the uh, open up the. Uh, the page on that folding guitar. We'll we'll give it a quick mention. I mentioned it on my uh, social media uh, at last last week at some point. It's not a new guitar. These have been out for a little while. However, they have made them lighter and cheaper, haven't they? Right, and this is by Ciari Guitars. The 
Ascender folding guitar, new, yeah. lighter, cheaper folding model, and it's about a grand cheaper than it was before. <laughs> Meaning this is coming in at eighteen hundred quid, eighteen hundred dollars, I should say. Yeah, it's so it's quite expensive. Yeah, for a travel instrument. To be fair, though, when it does fold out, it's a full-sized electric guitar. So it has that going for it. So the, just to kind of put the picture in your head, uh, around the kind of like 15th fret mark, the guitar neck basically folds back on itself to like a full 180 turn. So that the like the the awkwardness of carrying a guitar is the fact that it's quite long and the neck is a massive weak point if you've not got anything like holding that structure so to get around that they've made it so that the the guitar neck basically folds back on itself and it's all all then compact so it's basically just just longer than the um the body of a guitar itself so there is that. It, I mean, there's a video <laughs> video there of them folding it as well. It looks like they're doing it during um, during a gig. During a gig, yeah, uh, that's um, that can't sound good. I, I wouldn't have thought so. However, like, what what concerns me is the fact that it does fold. It like it pulls the the neck 100, 180 degrees backwards. Is that not going to stretch the strings to a point where they are under a no, lot more pressure? Of course not. So look, okay, so this handle here is the bit that disengages. That's going to disengage the tension on the strings, making the strings slack. And then when you pull the neck around, that's going to bring them back to a certain amount of tension. Mm. It, is it not going to kink them, though, in that on the points where the neck bends? I mean, it depends on how much tension there is, doesn't it? It doesn't look like they're particularly. Um, in fact, they're going at like uh, forty-five degree angles, so they're not going ninety degrees. Yeah, but I mean, you've you've pulled guitar strings out of packets before, and if you put the slightest kink in them as you're pulling them out, that kink will stay in the string. Yeah, yeah, you really got me uh, thinking about this kink. That's the lamest pun I've ever done. Um, but yeah, it, it does. I don't know. I'm I'm sure they have thought about that because it looks like they've considered quite a lot on this. Yeah, um, yeah, the, they've likely considered it more than I have. <laughs> so yes. you got to give the guys that that um, that accolade. However, the overall look of it. Yeah, isn't that appealing to me? That isn't something I would look at and think, okay, I want to pay eighteen hundred quid for that. Yeah, that it, isn't something I, I look at and think I want to pay two hundred quid for. That's um, it. Yeah, like, I mean, it looks yeah. almost similar to. Do you remember when you drop paint on the floor? <laughs> do you know, like about three or four years ago, when Epiphone were doing those ninety-nine quid, um, like I think it was called the M two. I think so. And uh, oh, the the Gibson ones. Gibson were doing like a an Amazon exclusive, pretty much. I think that was the M two. There you go. So it looks a bit along the the style into those, doesn't it? Yeah, I think the M twos so, were nicer though, actually. So like a bit of a flat color. It's not particularly all that. Like well dressed for for a like an eighteen hundred pound guitar, you'd expect a bit of binding. You'd expect it to look look something special, and it just looks a little bit a little bit kind of basic. Yeah, I can imagine it appealing to some a certain type of crowd, like like, like the sixty cycle hum guys and stuff like that, because they they go in for this sort of thing. Yeah, for it's that look, kind of yeah. like almost like a pawn shop um, sort of. Uh, um, X-rated sort of shape, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm I'm not I'm not buying it. I'm not. Um, no, I'm certainly not. For, buying yeah, it. for eighteen hundred quid, I'm not buying it. I mean, if I had eighteen hundred quid to spend on a guitar, I'd probably try and get a second hand PRS or something. 
Not a Stromberg. Oh, actually, yeah, no, it would get a Stromberg. <laughs> yeah, not 100%. And they're well easy to travel with. Yeah, because they're short, aren't they? Mm, tiny. And the bags they come with are wicked little um, uh, rucksacks. And the headstock doesn't come above your head either, because there isn't one. Indeed. I mean, there's got to be all the doors. Got to be some advantage to having a ridiculous looking guitar, isn't there? I mean, look at what we're looking at. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, yes. Right. So let's let's wrap it up with the final one: uh, the Epiphone Loose Seal. So the Epiphone Loose Seals have been they've been around for a little while, and they they released the um, Kalamazoo headstock version. About a year ago, like the because uh, it's within that kind of tribute line, isn't it? Mm. Or like the tribute to Gibson line. Um, and the, they've always done a, a Lucille in the Epiphone lineup, as far as I can remember. But they've kind of stepped up their game a little bit. So it's like they've got Gibson pickups in it rather than like generic Alnico pickups. They've got Graftech, um, Graftech nuts on them as well, and they're they're bringing out two new colours for them. Unfortunately, they are region exclusives, so they're bringing out one called Bone White, uh, and that is European exclusive. And then they're bringing out a cherry version, which looks absolutely phenomenal, but it is unfortunately US only. So, for for us Brits, that cherry Lucille is is an unattainable, unattainable target. I love the um the Epiphone Trigger Man. Uh, they've got in the background of that as well. The picture. Cause, Do you know what? I'm very tempted by one of these. What the Lucilles? Yeah, I think it's gorgeous, and I think the price is absolutely amazing. So I played one of the um, the earlier versions of the the Lucille back when it had the the clipped wing headstock, and the very tone switch was really really usable. I really really thought that the um, the very tone switch, like going into it, I thought there's no way I'm going to use any of that, but it was really good, it's really useful, um, and. The uh, the TP one tail piece as well with the little fine tuners very very comfortable, um, in terms of being able to just get the get the tuning just just spot on. So which one which one's your pick? Are you going for the uh, the white or the red? I would go for the red, but um, the issue with that right is I've got so many red guitars. Well, I don't have a thing for red guitars. I just happen to have <laughs> loads of them. Well, you can't say that and then go, oh, well, I'll, I'll buy the red one. It, it just so happens that when I've gone to buy guitars, it's like, oh, I want this guitar. It's the only only one I can get is the red one. I've chosen a few red guitars, but I've also been given a few red guitars as well. Yeah. Oh, I've got one by the looks of it. Yeah, I think so. Just the one. I feel like. 80% of my guitars are red. <laughs> it's mad. I've got a, a... I mean, mine's quite quite well spread out, but the majority seems to be sunburst. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, no, um, thankfully, I don't have any sunburst guitars. Hey, you leave sunburst alone. Yeah, I will. <laughs> this is £811. It's just... I don't mind going for an Epiphone in this because these were originally Epiphones as well, weren't they? Really high-quality Epiphones. No, Lucille's always been a Gibson. Yeah, but the model Lucille was, they they came in Epiphones back then as well. Am I wrong here? What, the 335? Yeah, you get an Epiphone 335. No, (laughs) no. No, their their ones were like the casino and stuff like that, the hollow body version thereof. Yeah. 
but yeah, so um the the Lucille is it's, it's an absolutely fantastic um fantastic three three five esque. The thing that that makes it really stand out as well is it's it's a semi hollow, but it doesn't have the F holes. Which I think it looks really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very nice guitar. I like it a lot, like just so much. Indeed, Is it ebony neck as well. I believe, yeah, I believe it's an ebony board. Oh, I might get that white one. I haven't got the money to get this, but I might get one. <laughs> do it, do it, and on that bombshell, on mm. on that kind of. Costly bombshell for Lee. Isn't it weird? I'm like, if I had 1,800 quid, I'd get a Strandberg. <gasps> Look at that really old replica. <laughs> you know, it's so good. Indeed. I do like very, very eclectic types of guitars. Yeah, I mean, I've got the uh, the mid-tone, which is incredibly similar to that in terms of like it being semi-hollow and, and whatnot. And I don't use it as much as I should. What do I do at the end of the podcast? That's what I do. Uh-huh. Um, I thank our sponsors. I thank our uh, Patreon backers, who are amazing people. And for as little as two dollars a month, you can be one of those cool, cool, cool kids. The people are as follows: It's Mr. Andrew Bimson, Mr. Adam Yeomans, Mr. Doug Christ of Thirty Seven Effects of Masters of the Cinematic Universe, and the Just Surprise Me podcast. We have got Mr. Hugh G. Rection. We have got Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups and Mr. Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks podcast and the Second Button podcast. Those cool kids are cool. If you want to catch me online, you find me at Budget Pedal Jump. So Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. YouTube is the home to the No Talk or Tone series where this week the No Talk or Tone verses will feature two TC pedals fighting each other to the death. Not quite to the death. Please, please, TC Pedals, don't die. Don't die on me. Um, Lee, where can we find you? You can find me in a variety of places. One of those places is where I'm looking right now. If you pop over to the analogalien.com website, you'll find a blog section on there with a bunch of blogs that I've been writing recently, um, such as what is a guitar pedal? <laughs> How to arrange guitar pedals. I'm not making these up. These are <laughs> What guitar pedals do I need? How to modify guitar pedals. How to daisy chain guitar pedals. How to transport guitar pedals. How do I use drive pedals? Guitar pedals. <laughs> Why are there so many types of delay? Are guitars still cool? Which songs gave us gas? And soon to be released. How do I wire my pedal board? I think it's going to be called. Oh, there you <laughs> and go. That's going to come out very soon. So but yeah, the, there's loads the, of really cool blogs I've been writing on there. We've also got blogs that I've written for Tonepedia, and you can go over to Tonepedia. I'm sure you know about that, where you can interactively try loads and loads and loads of gear out, and read in loads more all the time, like the clons we've mentioned earlier. And then, of course, you've got pedal boards to do, where you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch, and um, <laughs> Twitch. Fuck off. FaceTime and um what else do what else is there that exists? Snapchat. My place. <laughs> My place. I don't know. Right before we start handing out links to places that we don't stream on, I'm gonna end this podcast. So from well, myself, YouTube, we do YouTube, we, we do, do, do YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. YouTube is our primary kind of outlet for content, pretty much. So from myself, Mr. Budget Better Chap. From Lee, it will be a tatty boy. And good luck. Stay tuned for the joke. cows were talking in a field one says have you heard about the mad cow disease going round yes says the other cow makes me glad i'm a penguin fuck's sake <laughs>
<laughs> you know what? We're keeping that. We're keeping that absolute shite. <laughs>